Hello and welcome to Lore Talks More and I'm your host Lore and I'm here to talk about reality TV ramblings and pop culture ponderings. So this week is my first real meat and potatoes episode. So I'm really excited to dive in and talk about all the things I watched this week and some of the bigger news items. And when I say news items, I mean news to me. So (laughs) they might not be news to everyone, but these are things that I was interested in reading more about this week. So I'm going to start the episode with the pop culture items that I wanted to talk about, and then I'll get into what I've been watching. So first up, two just kind of quick little things that I found out recently is if anyone is a Siesta Key fan, which I am, um, even though it's pretty terrible to be honest, but it's just one of those shows that I started watching and now I can't stop. But if you have watched Siesta Key, you know that Madison House um, got married to Ish, who was like a producer of some sort on the TV show. That's how they met. They got married and they had previously been pregnant and she had lost the pregnancy and it was super heartbreaking. Um, I think she was kind of far along in the pregnancy um, and they showed it on, they showed like kind of the aftermath, I think, of it on the show and really allowed Madison to talk about that and raise awareness. And it was really great. Um, but I just saw that they are pregnant again. And so I'm really excited for them. Congrats to Madison and Ish. Um, I hope she just has the most perfect pregnancy and that everything goes smoothly for her as I would hope for everyone. But, you know, after something so heartbreaking like that, I really hope that everything goes well for them and she can just enjoy her pregnancy. So I'm excited for her. Um, On the flip side, I just saw that there's a rumor or have been rumors that Caitlin Bristow of The Bachelor Nation, you know, Bachelor Nation crew and Jason Tartik, um, they got engaged fuel a while ago. Um, And I've always loved them together. I've always loved Caitlin. Um, I really liked Jason and I've liked to see their relationship And they're kind of one of those couples that, like, I've always been rooting for. Like, there are certain couples that I just, like, really want to stay together. Um, Zach and Taysha were one, but they obviously are not together anymore. Um, And Caitlin and Jason are another one. Um, But it seems like they might not be together anymore. Maybe the engagement's broken off. They have not come out and said anything, but when you look at their social media, it's like kind of questionable when you go from like posting each other all the time to nothing. um, It's definitely like, "Hmm, what's going on? Or if it seems like they're never together. And so I was searching through their social medias earlier today just to see if I could tell anything. And a lot of the comments on both of their posts, like their recent posts are questioning like, are you guys together? You need to say something. Your social, you know, social figures, we followed your relationship. Like, you need to make a comment, whatever, which I don't think is necessarily true. But also, yeah, can you guys please make a comment? Because I am nosy and I want to know if you guys are still together. And I really hope they are. But apparently, 
Caitlin had posted to her story and then quickly deleted it. But you know that the internet is forever. So anything you put out there, someone's going to screenshot uh, so everyone else can see. And that is how I saw this is that Caitlin shared something to her story that was something along the fact of like, I haven't even had time to process and you guys are so demanding. And I think that something's wrong with you. Um, like you need help if you're this invested and all this stuff, definitely alluding to that they had broken up. She's still processing it. That's why she hasn't said anything and to leave her alone, but she took it down. So I feel like they probably are broken up, which is sad and I'm not happy about, but hopefully they, um, will let us know soon and kind of get an idea of what happened. Um, one of those other couples that I will just be devastated, which sounds ridiculous, but that I'm just really rooting for that I don't want to break up and I want them to stay together is Jersey Shore's Polly D and his girlfriend, Nikki, and their <laughs> beginning phases of their relationship are so funny because they met on the first season of a double shot of love and Everyone, like, did not like Nikki. They thought she came on way too strong, um, and she was, like, super extra, but Polly really liked her, and she ended up being, like, the last person standing for Polly, but he didn't, like, want to commit or whatever, and so they ended the season not being together, but then they did a double shot of love, too, where it was more just, like, bringing the girls back and, like, letting them have fun, and they still get to hang out with Polly, um, and Vinny, but it's not like dating show. And they brought Nikki back and then her and Polly kind of reconnected. And then they've been together ever since. And she's been on Jersey Shore, which I'm really excited because Jersey Shore is starting tonight, tomorrow night. I can't remember, but, um, the new season starts this week and Sammy is back and I am so excited. Um, because if you watch like the Jersey Shore family vacation, um, the new iteration of Jersey Shore, Sammy has never been a part of that and she didn't want to be. And now for some reason she's coming back on this one. I don't know if it's just going to be for like a few episodes or if she's actually going to come back in the mix. And I think maybe Ronnie is going to be there too. So I'm really excited because I always liked Sammy. She was always one of my favorites, and I was disappointed that she was never a part of the reboot. Uh, so I'm really excited to see her on the screen and see what happens, uh, and especially if Ronnie's going to be there too. I mean, I've seen her say a few things that she's just like, you know, he's just some guy I dated, but I still think that we'll get some good content uh, with the two of them. And even if Ronnie's not there, I'm just excited to see Sammy and kind of catch up with what she's been doing. Okay. So then one of the other things that broke this week is Lisa from Real Housewives of Miami and her still husband, Lenny. So if you've watched the most recent season of Real Housewives of Miami, which I've already seen all of it because it streamed on Peacock, but I think that they're actually on air right now on Bravo. So like Bravo does that with like the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip too. So if you have Peacock, you can watch them earlier and then eventually they make it to Bravo and you can watch it on the channel. 
So I think the I think the most recent season is now airing on Bravo, but I've already seen it all. And this season, Lisa and Lenny's marriage basically breaks up. Um, he has a mistress. Uh, it's really not great. The beginning of that coming to light and her finding out that like he doesn't want to be with her anymore and then he's got a mistress and all of that. You know, they're still living in the same house and he's bringing the mistress over even around the kids when she's not there. And when that first happened, Lenny's mother was more siding with Lisa and she's like, I can't believe he's doing this. Like, I think there was that one point where he kicked his even kicked his mom out of the house. He's basically like, everyone get out of here. I just want to like play house with my mistress was the vibes. And so she was on Lisa's side. But now, I mean, that was a while ago. They are still currently married, but they are not together. So Lenny has been dating his mistress, and then Lisa has a new boyfriend, but they're still, like, trying to battle things out. And I think they still share their home, which is wild to me. Like, I think he makes enough money he could just, like, you know, get that taken care of so they don't have to share a home. But... What happened is this week, Lenny proposed to the mistress (laughs) and two funny things or one funny thing and one like questionable thing came from this. The first one being on the post, I think um, the mistress, it was on the mistress post maybe, or maybe it was on Lenny's, but you know, they posted about their engagement and then Lenny's mom comments this long comment about how like, oh, I'm so happy for you um, that you finally found someone who loves you and respects you because you didn't have that in your previous marriage. Basically just dragging Lisa when previously she was on Lisa's side. And now I think that it's pretty obvious that she, su- she I mean, she supports her son, of course. Like I'm a mother, like I can't imagine just not you know, siding with my son, like in public, like, yes, have those conversations with him in private about his behavior that you don't agree with, but you're still going to like love and support him. But she didn't do that. She publicly on television was siding with Lisa, not her son. And now she's flipped the script and is siding with her son, which I think is because he like funds her life, like he pays for her life. So obviously, if she's not supporting him and his new relationship, he's not going to like just be throwing money at her. So she's got to keep him happy. But the best part of this is that Lisa posted on her story, the most epic, the most epic story, I think, of all time. Her response to the news breaking of their engagement was to post on her story and say, congratulations to my current husband and his mistress on their engagement. And that was it. That was all she said. It was so perfect. The fact that she called him her current husband and referenced his mistress and then congratulated them on their engagement was like so petty, but also still respectful because she could have said way worse. And it was just the perfect way for her to respond to that news. So definitely hats off to Lisa on how she responded to that. Lenny is a garbage person and his mother is real shady for making that comment. Like she could have easily just said, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. She didn't have to also drag his previous marriage and current wife in the process.
Okay, so the last piece of like news that I wanted to briefly discuss, I'm, I don't want to go too far into it because this literally just broke yesterday and this is going to go on for a long time, I already know, is the news about Lizzo and how her former dancers are suing her, the dance captain, and I think like their um, dance company for a lot, a lot of things. So you can Google, I'm sure you've already heard of it, um, but basically they're alleging a lot of not great things, um, both against Lizzo and the dance captain, but also like the company that they own. And it's really not great. I'm not going to get into the details. The only thing that I really wanted to say at this point is that, you know, back in the day, you know, in the 90s or whatever, before social media, before like the internet was used in the way it is used now, you could easily love your celebrities and never find out anything bad about them. Um, but obviously, like we know there, especially now, like we have learned plenty of things that have happened in the past to the celebs that we love and all that. But now I just feel like it's gotten to the point where you can't like anyone. You can't support anyone. You can't watch anything. You can't listen to anything. Like you literally cannot consume anything without like you can't you just can't do it morally, ethically, because someone in whatever you're consuming, there's I'm confident that there is someone in that party, whether it be the artist, the actor, the writer, someone on their team, someone in their, you know, someone that they're close to, someone that they support, whatever it is, there is someone shady involved, someone problematic, someone doing terrible things. And so it's gotten to the point where I feel like I can't listen to anything, I can't watch anything. Because everything is like tainted now. We just, we know so much, which is good. I'm so glad that like people are able to speak their truth and come out when things like this happen and get justice and that the people who are doing the bad things are being held accountable and all of that. But it just kind of made me like pose the question, like are celebrities and becoming famous like, are people, like, do people get to be celebrity status and get to be famous because they got there immorally, unethically, because they're doing all these shady things that can help them achieve that success? Or is it when you hit that status, like something about having that kind of fame and notoriety inherently turns you into like a bad person? And I'm sure there are a few exceptions, but I feel like more than not, like everyone out there just sucks. <laughs> Basically, like, can we just have like one good celebrity? And I know that people will come back and be like, okay, there's this person, there's this p person. But like, you don't know that for sure. I mean, you're never going to know that for sure. Like, there's, I feel like there's always just someone lurking that hasn't like had the courage yet to come and speak out against these people. So it's like at this point, especially with Lizzo, because that one was definitely shocking. And I think most people will agree that this is shocking because it's really not like what her platform stands for. And some of the accusations really contradict like what, you know, what she promotes 
and I thought that she would be one of the good ones, but I mean, this is all allegedly, we'll have to see how it plays out, but the evidence that has been um, brought to light so far is really not looking good for her, for the dance captain, for everyone in that camp. Things are not looking great. So um, I am going to be curious to see. She has not like come out with a statement or anything yet. Um, I don't know if she's even able to since everything is going to be tied up in lawsuits for who knows how long. But um, yeah, things are not great for Lizzo and people that love her. So um, TBD on what happens with that. Okay, so now I want to get into talking about what I've watched this week. Um, Most everything here, there's one non-reality TV show that I wanted to just quickly touch on, just like one little point, um, is The Bear on FX. And that it stars Jeremy Allen White, who played Lip on Shameless. So I loved him in Shameless. And I was excited to watch The Bear watch season one and then season two came out in July and so we watched all that and finished that up and it was really good loved loved both seasons I'm excited for a season three and see what happens with it but the only thing that I wanted to say um is that there is one scene where they're playing the song if you want blood And I literally cannot hear that song without thinking about the movie Empire Records. And if you know, you know. And if you know, that means we can be friends. So I just wanted to say that, that that song, it was pretty epic in The Bear. But for me, that song will always be tied to Empire Records. So yeah, that's just one little thing I wanted to say. Um, Okay, so now reality TV. What have I been watching? All the things. I literally watch all of the things. Okay, not all of them, but a lot. So one thing that I wanted to talk about is this show on Hulu called Secrets and Sisterhood. Um, and the last name of the sisters are is the Sozadas. And it's a new show. It's only got one season. And I think it premiered like July, June. I can't remember. I only really found out about it because one of my favorite podcasters, Princess, who has the podcast by Pumpkin. um, And yes, that's a flavor of love reference. Um, She recapped the whole season on an episode that she did and I listened to it and it really got me interested in watching it. So the way that I'll describe it is that it's basically like the Kardashians, but better in my opinion. So it follows 10 sisters. And um, really, the show is surrounding like the five youngest sisters. And they call themselves the wolf pack. And then there's like the five elder sisters, or I think the wolf pack is like, okay, so it's kind of complicated. There are 10 sisters. um, And on the show, they'll list them as like, number and then whatever number they are. So you'll see their name and then whatever like number sister you are. So the show really surrounds sister number five and then you skip six and then seven, eight, nine, and ten. And I think it's because sister number six is Mislifa and she is more like conservative. Um, I, she's part of the wolf pack. So the wolf pack is like the younger sisters. 
But sister number five is Shakur. And she claims like she created the wolf pack, but the other sisters say no. But she's kind of like that in between the elder sisters and the younger sisters. Um, so she is a big part of the show as well. Um, so it's like five, the five sisters that they follow. Technically, it's like sisters five, seven, eight, nine, and ten. But <clears throat> anyway, I really enjoyed it. I hope they get a second season. I loved seeing the dynamic because, you know, they're, it, it has their mother on the show. Their father was murdered, but they don't really talk about that. Um, and just to be able to see the dynamic of the family, because the mom is, you know, more conservative. They're from, oh gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. I forget where they're from exactly. Pakistan, maybe. I can't remember, but it's an interesting dynamic to see because the young, especially the younger daughters, they definitely look they have that Kardashian look. I mean, they've got the fillers, you, you know, I don't know like what else they do, but they definitely look like the typical Instagram Kardashian model type of vibe. So if you just Google the show and look at pictures of them, you'll understand what I'm trying to say. But so they're very open and we're revealing clothing and the hair, the makeup, the fillers, all of that stuff. But they also have this side of them where it's super conservative and they're trying to, you know, please their mother and their elder sisters. And so it's just like weird dynamic because some of the topics that they talk about, like um, sex before marriage and, you know, having a baby before marriage. Um, and one of the girls thinks like she might be interested in women and how like that's frowned upon and stuff like that. So it's just a really interesting show, um, and I highly rec recommend that anyone watch it. So I just had to bring that up. Okay, um, then moving on to Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, the new episode premieres tonight, and I am actually excited for it. So when uh, the show, when this season first premiered, like the first two episodes, I was like, uh, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. I'm going to watch it, obviously, because it's Housewives. But I wasn't super into it. And I think I was just like, um, I needed like a little break after Scandaval. And it just felt like, ugh, it just wasn't, you know, getting me excited to watch it. But these last few episodes, I think tonight's episode is episode eight, maybe. I'm really starting to get into it and enjoying it and looking forward to it. Um, I think that it's like so low stakes for me right now, like the drama that they're having are so is so low stakes. It's like old school housewives to me, which is really great. We, I feel like we needed this palate cleanser after the Scandaval situation, which was just super, obviously dramatic, super heavy, intense. And this just feels like old school housewives. It's light there's drama, you know, they're doing, you know, the typical things like going to Montana and, um, you know, doing like stereotypical type of events. So the episode from last week, just a couple points that I had to point out, um, 
Taylor Armstrong, who used to be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills um, back in the day. She, this is her first season on Real Housewives of Orange County. And I'm definitely loving her on this season. Um, So this episode, we get to see her daughter, Kennedy, who's like 15 or something like that. I can't remember how old they said she was, but I remember little Kennedy back when Taylor was on um, Beverly Hills and she threw that extravagant birthday party for her and she was just like this little tiny girl and now she's like grown up and it's just very wild to see and it's like a reality check to myself of like how long I've been watching these shows that like we literally watch these children like the children of the housewives or like the children of teen mom completely grow up before our eyes and it's just it's it's wild so also (laughs) taylor has this moment where she's eating a corn dog and at first she's like well i don't think i should really be eating a corn dog on tv after the whole cotton candy incident which of course they do a flashback to taylor eating the cotton candy and like if you've not seen that you should just google it because it's so funny and then now she's eating a corn dog But I just love how she had to bring that up. Like, I love when the housewives are in on the joke and they understand, like, you know, that people make fun of them and they don't, you know, they're not getting upset about it. They're leaning into it. And Taylor definitely leans into it, which I think just makes her perfect for the show. Um, Also, I'm loving Gina this season. I think that Gina has never looked better. Like, she has finally found her look. Um... I love her in the sense that like, I know that I could go, you know, go to Chili's with her and we can enjoy a margarita and some skillet queso. However, I'm not loving her storyline this season about how she's like so upset about Jen's infidelity because it reminds her of Matt's infidelity. And she is like crying constantly being reminded about how her ex-husband cheated on her and she just thinks it's like it's like bringing up those memories like I understand she's getting triggered but for me what I don't understand is all she's talking about is the infidelity and she's not like talking about the fact that her ex-husband like beat her up threatened to kill her like she draw or she helped reduce the charges for their court case because I think it's just like, I guess, quote unquote, better for her children and he can still work and, you know, provide for the children that they have together. But he definitely, you know, abused her in a lot of different ways. But I went back and I reread like the account of like when the cops got involved and that whole story, like him, like she runs out of the house, he drags her back into the house, you know, he's hitting her, he's threatening to kill her, all this stuff. So scary. I don't know how she can still like support him. I understand that they have children together. That is the father of her children. So she has to operate a little bit different. But the way it's coming across on camera is that they're all good. Like they're doing like we have the scene of them co-parenting with him and his new girlfriend and how they all get along and all that stuff. But I'm sorry, like you can have a co-parent relationship with that person who abused you that doesn't look like what Gina's looking like. That's when you have people, um, you know, like go between people or I know that they have like the app where you can only 
communicate with each other on the app when it comes to co-parenting, when the parents have, you know, a not good history together and they should not be talking. And I'm really happy that, you know, Gina seems to have figured it out, but it's just, I feel like she's doing a disservice to herself and to everyone else out there who's experienced that because she's completely overlooking the domestic violence aspect of her relationship with her ex-husband and only focusing on the infidelity part. And yes, I understand like that is so tough to deal with. And I understand that she's getting triggered. But I think the bigger issue is the abuse that he inflicted on her. And I feel like she should be focusing on that. But I I think honestly, she's she's not ready to. I don't think that I think that she probably still has a lot of work to do in that area to, you know, deal with what she went through and how to like proceed and like what looks health, like what a healthy relationship with him looks like after the fact. So, but I love her. Like, I hope to see that at some point for her. I just don't think that she's there yet, but I hope that she will get there. Um, let's see. And then we have the whole storyline with Jen and Tamara and then the other Heather. And here is like a, I'd like to pick a bone with shows in general, like the bachelor and bachelorette do this. Please stop casting people with the same name. I I can't handle it. I, I don't want two Heathers on my show. I don't, you know, I don't want to whatever it is like on the bachelorette. This last season, there were three Caleb's like on the current season right now of the Bachelorette charity season. There were three Caleb's. Okay, just pick someone else. There are plenty of other people to cast. Okay, pick people with different names because it's confusing as it is to keep everyone separate. And now I've got to remember, oh, it's Caleb B, not Caleb G. Like, no. So this week on Real Housewives of Orange County, when we introduced this other Heather, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, here we go. Now we've got Heather Dubrow, and then I'm just going to call her Other Heather. So Other Heather was friends with Jen and Tamara, and then Jen and Heather had a falling out, and so there's all this drama. But honestly, like, I don't care. I don't care about this Other Heather. Like, let's stick with the ladies who are holding the orange on the promo. Okay. The other Heather, I don't care. The whole drama between Jen and Tamara is confusing to me because to me, it feels like Tamara brought Jen on this show in order to have a storyline. It's like, she thought, Hmm, what can I do? Okay. Let me bring Jen on here. I know that she's got some weird shit going on with her, um, boyfriend, I guess. Um, And, you know, he's pretty shady. Like, he's obviously cheated on her. He's never been faithful and all that stuff. But, like, Tamara's making it a mission to, like, make Jen, who was, quote, unquote, her friend, her enemy now. And Jen and her confessionals is so confused. She's like, okay, friends do not do this to each other. And it's like, yeah, girl, you're on a reality TV show. Like, this is what reality TV friends do to each other, okay? Because you need a storyline if you want to keep getting a paycheck. So Jen is, like, figuring this out in real time, like, in her confessionals. Like, okay, like, what is going on? Um, And then the end of the episode, we get Vicky back, which I'm conflicted on because, okay, yes, Vicky is the OG, right? 
but uh, I don't know if we really need Vicky. I feel like since we have Tamara back, that's enough. I don't think like we also need Vicky. I know she's not, you know, a full cast member. She's just a friend of. Um, I'm not sure how much we're going to see her featured on this season, but I don't think we necessarily needed her. But one thing that I did love is that when she came on camera, they, like Tamara, Vicky, and Shannon were all meeting for lunch or whatever it was. And Vicky gets up to like go hug Tamara and they start playing like the old school Real Housewives of Orange County music. And that was just epic. Like a great producer choice to add that music in for Vicky. It was it was like a nice little nod to all the people who have been watching this whole time. Um, and then the episode ends with the drama of Shannon and John Jansen, which is another thing. Like, why does Shannon call everyone their first and last name? Like, she did it with David. Like, whenever she's talking about David to her friends, it's always David Bedore and John Jansen and Kelly Dodd. And it's like, just, like, we know who you're talking about, girl. Just say the first name. Like, we know that your boyfriend's name is John. You don't have to say John Jansen all the time. But, okay. Um, but basically, we know in real time that Shannon and John are no longer together, but they're still kind of friends. But also, just this last week, she got kicked out during last call for fighting with John's daughter, question mark. But they say that they're good. I don't know. It's it's really bizarre. But basically, the end of this episode is Shannon, or not Shannon, Tamara of course, being shady, shady Tamara, trying to bring up whatever Heather told her. So basically, the vibe that I'm getting is that Shannon confided in Heather Debro, not other Heather, about her relationship with John. And something about that is not good. I don't know, like, I don't know what it is exactly yet, but she confided something bad about John, maybe the way he had been treating Shannon. And then Heather apparently told a bunch of other people. So Tamara's shady self was like, do you trust Heather? And Shannon's like, yeah, of course. And then and Tamara's like, well, maybe you shouldn't because she told me something. So like this is Tamara's way of stirring the pot, but trying to keep her hands clean. Like she wants to bring this up on camera so that it becomes a storyline. But she wants to put the onus on Heather because Heather is the one that told Tamara. But guess what? Heather's not the one bringing it up on camera. So like for me, I, I would be upset if someone I trusted was telling other people information that I confided in them for sure. Absolutely. You need to be mad at Heather. But in the sense of reality TV, what I would be most upset about is who brought it up on camera and now it's out there for the public. And now it is um, a storyline. So I think that Shannon is going to be real upset with both of them. I hope that she gives both of them um, the, the holds both of them accountable because Heather should not have told Tamara, but Tamara should not have brought it up on camera. So then the other thing that happened this week is that we got the mid-season trailer for... Um, the rest of the season for Real Housewives of Orange County. And it looks pretty good, I gotta say. Um, I am excited to see it. I'm now like invigorated and I'm invested in this season. So I am excited. I'll be excited to watch tonight too. Okay. 
All right. So moving on to the next show is Teen Mom. And Teen Mom, well, it's like Teen Mom, the next chapter. It's like the most recent iteration where they've kind of combined Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2. Um, so it's a little bit better because you get more girls in there and then they can kind of cherry pick the best parts to show us. So it's not as boring as it usually is. And I got to say, I am kind of here for this season because things are happening that I feel like I never expected to happen. And now it's kind of like getting juicy again. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's going to continue this way or if or if it's more like teasing us, thinking this is going to be a good season after so many not good seasons. But we'll see. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about just briefly Kate and Ty, they bought a new house um, and they're talking about how this is like their first big purchase house and kind of one of those things. Obviously, they grew up super poor, um, never thought that they would get to this point and are just like really proud that they're able to give their daughters, you know, like a life that they didn't have. And I'm just I'm really happy for them. Obviously, um, the reason they're able to is because they're on reality TV And so there is the double-edged sword of, like, I don't think that your kids should be on reality TV. You know, they aren't consenting to it. They're too young to understand it. Um, One of the things that I had watched recently was on Vice. They have, um, oh, like the dark, I think it's called the dark side of, and I think they've done one with the 90s before, and they have a new one out that's like the dark side of the 2000s. And the first episode was about... John and Kate plus eight and the kids. And I have, I've always been a big John and Kate like watcher. I'm not going to say fan because Kate has always been insufferable and like John isn't the best either, but I always loved watching those shows. That's why I love watching, um, doubling down with the Doricos and outdaughtered. But now I watch those shows with a different lens And especially after watching that Vice episode, because we get to hear from two of the sextuplets and just everything that they've talked about. And I know that it's very one sided because we don't hear Kate's side or like the other kids side. Um, And there's definitely some conflicting information from both sides of the family. But all I could think about is just like how traumatic this must be for them to like live their whole lives on TV. They haven't consented to it. Everyone knows who they are. And then like when things pop up, family issues, now they have to like play it out in the public. And, you know, there are definitely allegations of like some things that Kate has done that aren't good. Obviously same for John. And then once I watched that, all I could think about was outdaughtered and, I love Outdaughtered. I love the Busbies. I love those kids. Like, I'm so invested in that family. Like, they had taken a hiatus and the show hadn't been on for a while. So, I'm so happy it's back. Um, However, now I'm, like, really concerned for them. (laughs) Because I'm like, I hope this doesn't turn out as, like, a John and Kate type of situation. And... I at this point I feel like it probably will be because like why like if you go on reality TV I feel like uh like why why are you doing this like why in this day and age especially like the teen moms that situation I think is different because that was like a first 
you know, a, a phenomenon. Like there's no way they could have known by doing that one like 16 and pregnant episode that their lives would change the way it did. <clears throat> but for people who are starting reality shows now with their family, like now it's making me think, okay, what is wrong with the parents? Why are they doing this? Why are they capitalizing? Like obviously they're trying to make money, but is it's like I can't decide. And this ties into the teen mom kids, like the kids of the teen mom women, because on one hand, their entire lives have played out on reality TV. And I'm sure there are going to be studies. I'm sure there already are studies, but I'm sure there are going to be studies even further along, especially in like probably the next five to 10 years, because now these kids are getting old enough and they're becoming of like a legal age where they can tell their own story. And I have a feeling like a lot of these kids might capitalize on that, write books, tell the real story, tell their side of the story. So I think we're still like maybe five to 10 years out from really having a good grasp of the effects of what it's like to grow up on reality television. And I think that it's going to be a lot of bad stuff. But on the other hand, obviously they have made so much money on these shows that they're able to provide a better life for their kids. And most of them, especially like Kate and Ty, Leah, like their girls are going to have a much better chance at a better life because they're not also living in poverty. So like, I can't decide which one's worse. Like, should you really have your kids on reality TV? But if you're going to pull them out of poverty to do it, maybe it is better. I, I don't really know. So it's just like things to think about when you're watching the show. But so I was excited for Kate and Ty that they got a new house. Um, But the storylines that were more interesting to me were Devoin and Bree. Devoin is now shooting his shot. So Devoin is uh, the father of Bree's first daughter, Nova. And he's always kind of like been in the picture. Like, you know, they, Bree and her mom and sister, like they're kind of this little pack where, you know, they stick together. They've been raising Bree's kids together because both of her baby daddies like don't do much. But Devoin has always kind of been in the picture and when he's able to, he's there and helping and all of that. Now, all of a sudden, he's like saying he's interested in Brie and like wants to date her. And I don't know, it's just so bizarre because first of all, for the first however many seasons, they always referred to him as Devon and everyone called him that. And then on one of the teen mom reunions, Dr. Drew was like, wait, how do you say your name? And he said, it's Devoin, but he just lets people call him whatever. And so once he said, my name is Devoin, everyone else made like a concerted effort to call him Devoin moving forward, like except for Brie. She still will just call him Devon. But now that he's like interested in her, I noticed that she was using his name Devoin. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. She didn't like flat out reject him in a sense because she's like well we need to work on like our like relationship our foundation building a friendship and all that stuff before we can think about that but they did go on like a quote-unquote date I mean they went out to dinner 
So I'm not up to date on like the current standing of like where she's at, but I'm definitely curious to see how this storyline plays out. Um, I feel like one thing that I have always loved about Devoin is that he has always been there for Stella, which is Bree's second daughter. Um, and that is not Devoin's daughter, but he's always treated Stella like when he comes over um, to see Nova, he'll, you know, bring a present for Nova, but he'll also bring one for Stella. And like Stella is more connected to Devoin than Lewis, her actual dad. <clears throat> so I've always loved that about him, but obviously like it's come out that he has a gambling addiction um, and he has like, you know, his own demons that he has to work on. Like he needs to get his shit together. He needs to have a steady job. He needs to be, you know, paying child support. He needs to be stepping up as a father to Nova. I think if he could do all of that and him and Bree could like kind of start fresh and like build a friendship and foundation, I feel like they could have a shot. Now, that being said, I don't think all of those things are going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't think Devoin is actually, like, going to get his shit together. At least not anytime soon. But if I could, like, put those vibes out there, I would totally want him to, like, get it together. You know, him and Bree work on their relationship and see where things go. Because I just think that would be such a cute little story because he is already so connected to Stella and I think that they would like make a good little family if they could you know just get on the same page and like really focus on that and not all the like outside noise <clears throat> um okay then we see Cheyenne's story is really focusing around Corey and Taylor which I thought this was super interesting um I love Cheyenne and Corey um you know I knew them through art. Well, Cheyenne was on Are You the One? Corey was on Real World. So I knew them both from their respective seasons, but then also they were on the challenge together. That's how they met. And then they had their daughter, Ryder. Is that her name? Ryder? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I love their dynamic. They've always had like a great co-parent relationship. Um, Cheyenne is now married to Zach and Corey is with Taylor. I don't think they're married though. They're just together, but Taylor was also on, are you the one? So she's like part of the reality worlds, but Corey and Taylor have two daughters. Their youngest one is going through a lot of health issues and she has to have a surgery. <clears throat> so just a couple of things that I wanted to point out is that it's very interesting that Taylor is on this season because when her and Corey like first got together, she was on the show. And then, of course, her old tweets resurfaced and she had said um, some racist remarks. So MTV basically fired her or were like, you know, you're not going to we're not going to show you on the show anymore. So they still talked about her, obviously, um, but she was never actually shown on the show. And now all of a sudden, I guess MTV is like, eh, yeah, we don't care. Like, we want your storyline more than we care about your old tweets, I guess. So Taylor's back. Um, so we got to see her on there and um, see them go through trying to get the surgery for their daughter. Um, and it was just super emotional. You know, Taylor's crying. Like, it made me cry because I'm like, you know, I'm a mom. So I'm just like, putting myself in her shoes and how tough it must be. And it's just like, oh, I hope everything works out for them. Um, so that was kind of, you know, the, the most of 
Cheyenne storyline. It really didn't have anything to do with her specifically. It was more Corey and Taylor and what they were going through. <clears throat> um, and then we have Leah's storyline. So Leah's been going through her separation from Jalen. Um, and we still don't exactly know what happened between them two. But, you know, the only... I mean, she's talking about her dad being back in her life, but her dad's addicted to pills and that's what Leo was addicted to. So she really can't like have him in her life. But the only thing that I really wanted to mention is that both of her, um, both of the twins. So she's got the twins and then she's got Addie, but oh my gosh, I always thought that Gracie or now she wants to go by elite. Aaliyah, I always get so confused by their names because they just don't make any sense. Oh my gosh, there's an ant crawling on my wall. These freaking ants. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, Their names are so confusing to me because it's Aaliyah, but she went by Gracie, but now she doesn't want to go by Gracie. She wants to be called Aaliyah, but Leah's name is Leah, and then she named her daughter Aaliyah, and then the other twin is named Aliana but they call her Allie and it's just like the names are all too close for me. I don't like it. So um, I've always thought that Aaliyah looked exactly like Leah, you know, carbon copy. I never thought that way about Aliana until this most recent episode. They were driving somewhere and the twins were in the back and Allie had her hair all curly and up, but she was wearing some makeup and I don't know. She just looked exactly like Leah too. And I was like, oh my gosh, these girls are just like <clears throat> carbon copies of her. Um, I don't think that Addie's going to be that way because Addie definitely looks more like, um, what's his face? Oh my gosh. He hasn't been, I haven't seen his face in a while, but Jeremy, she looks too much like Jeremy. Um, so I don't think that that's going to happen for Addie, but maybe when she gets older. <clears throat> okay. And then the last part of the episode that I wanted to talk about was Ryan and Macy. So Macy's been dealing with lots of health issues, yada, yada. That's been like her only storyline forever because Macy's only storyline is ever like revolving around Ryan. So currently on the episode, Ryan is not back in jail yet. Like all, I don't think all of this stuff has gone down with him and his wife, Mackenzie Mack. Um, and if you don't know what's happened with that, like, oh my gosh, you've got to Google that. Ryan is unwell. We all know Ryan's been addicted to plenty of drugs. I'm pretty sure he was high in the scene that we saw with him talking. Um, and I think he's in jail now because he basically destroyed the house that his children live in. Um, and I'm pretty sure there was domestic violence against Mackenzie, his wife, like, Basically, what ha one of the things that happen amongst a lot of different things is that they separated and Ryan hasn't been living in the house, but he's like been threatening Mackenzie and he showed up to the house while Mackenzie and the kids were not there and destroyed it, wrote things on the wall and then like left a gun there as like a signal, you know, not great. So... Macy is like currently kind of sticking by his side because now it's come out. Macy said like now that he's been in jail, 
Like, he has a good relationship with Bentley. He's been reaching out more, making more of an effort. And it's like, well, yeah, girl, he's bored in jail. So now he's trying to, like, step up and form a relationship with his son. Like, why don't you see that? Like, how are you supporting this man who has, like, been this way towards you and your son, has not, like, given two shits about you, has made your life so difficult, has threatened your husband, and who has now been threatening his own wife, destroying the house that his children live in, and yet you're, like, going to stand by his side? Like, Macy, what are you doing? So, the fact that, like, Ryan is back on the show is wild to me. Like, I didn't think we would see that after, like, they kind of cut ties with the Edwards. But this is what's making me want to watch it, obviously, because they are back. And I'm like, it's like a train wreck. You can't, or like a car crash. You cannot look away. So that's all the teen mom drama. Um, okay, so I have been watching the new Real Housewives of New York. And I am loving this season because it's all new ladies. And it definitely just feels so fresh. And I'm loving the dynamic. Everything so far is still super low stakes, which I love. I don't have a whole lot to say about the episode um, other than the conversation where they're talking about like the dollar store. And I think it was like Aaron... Aaron and I forget who else, but they're talking about how cute the little cups were that they were drinking out of because they were like cups you get from the dollar store. And then I think it was Jessel. It's like the beginning stages of a new season when you're trying to like remember all of the ladies is tough. Or maybe it was Sai. No, it was Sai. Okay. So Aaron was saying like, oh, that's so cute. I love the dollar store. It's so cute. And Sai is like, no, it's not. And Aaron's like, yeah, it is. And she's like, no, it's not. When you grew up poor and like you had to furnish your house with stuff from the dollar store because that was all you can afford. And then Aaron's kind of laughing about it. So it's like clear that Aaron doesn't know what it's like to not have money. Sai does. And then like Sai talks about her background, about you know, basically moving out on her own when she was young because her mom, you know, couldn't afford to like keep her and how it's like made her resilient and all this stuff. And I just needed to say that like, don't hate on the dollar store side. Like I understand that you have some trauma surrounding that, but I live right next to a dollar general and it's lovely. Like I'm probably not going to furnish my home, but I definitely have stuff that you could consider, like, I have pillows that I got from the dollar store that I love, um, and I, I was just over there yesterday, like, picking up some stuff, so, like, don't hate on the dollar store, okay, like, real people shop there, okay, so, yeah, that's all I have to say about Real Housewives of New York, (laughs) um, except that I think at one point there was a commercial, and I don't typically watch commercials, I must have just, like, been on my phone and like forgot to fast forward and there's a commercial that's got the song steal my sunshine on there and oh my gosh the way that that song brings me right back to seventh grade riding the bus when I lived in New York not the city the state is wild like anytime you hear that song it just transports me right back to riding the bus home that song playing, like, it's it's etched in my mind. It's just, like, funny how songs can do that to you. But I was like, oh, this song. Am I in seventh grade again? I'm hearing this song. <laughs> um. Okay, next up is Crappy Lake, which is just such a fun, easy-to-watch show. It's the show with um, Sonia and Luann. 
And I extra love this show because the premise of it is they're taking Sonia and Luann, who were previously on The Real Housewives of New York. So very, like, hoity-toity. <clears throat> but they also, like, they love to get down. They're, like, up for anything. So it's, like, this really great dynamic of these women wearing, like, fancy clothes. And then they're being transplanted into a town in Illinois, which is where I live. And it's a super small town. So it's very reminiscent of like the town that I grew up in. So I am loving this. And one of the things was they went to Dairy Queen, which I just loved because I worked for Dairy Queen for eight years. I even have uh, like a Dairy Queen ice cream cone tattoo on me. And so I was just like loving that. And then one other thing that happened is they went to like a wig store and they were trying on wigs and Luann puts on this one wig and Sonia's like, oh, you look like Lisa Rinna. And she was not wrong. So that was really funny. <clears throat> and then at the end of the episode, Luann's like giving a speech, but it just goes on and on and on and on. And it's it's just so funny. So it's like 30 minute episodes. It's so lighthearted. You don't really have to pay attention. It's great. Like background show to watch it's it's fun again low stakes lighthearted, and I'm loving it um okay and then the bachelorette this week was hometowns um the hometowns like nothing super dramatic happened the only thing really was with Joey um so charity for the hometown she has four men left and only one of them is white so, like, she had the conversation with Joey about interracial interracial relationships, and we come to find out that neither one of them have ever been in one, so it's, like, new territory for them. Um, and Joey's uncle, who's named Joe, of course, was just like, are you sure you really know the real Joey? And it just made her, like, question everything. That was really the only drama. Um, <clears throat> we uh, I love Dotton, like... And I do like Joey, too. Uh, Aaron and Xavier were just kind of like meh to me. So I was a little bit shocked because I thought that Xavier was going to go home. But Aaron actually went home and was like, hmm, okay. So next week will be Fantasy Suites. Um, and I'm, I'll am i be excited for those to see how those go. But they pro- like promoted the next episode with someone coming back. Of course, making it super dramatic, like who's coming back and Charity's shocked. So there are a couple of things I think it could be. Number one, it's just going to be like some someone random, you know, like how they did at the beginning of the season where her brother showed up. It's going to be like a family member or a friend, you know, someone who she just wasn't expecting to see. Nothing dramatic, just someone coming in to support her. Or I think it could be Aaron coming back and trying to get some more time, trying to change Charity's mind. But, like, when has that ever worked? Like, tell me a time when someone has come back after being sent home and it's, like, worked out for them. Because I don't recall that that's ever worked out. So it's like, okay, just, like, move along with this. (laughs) Um, uh, The other thing that I hope it is is I hope Brayden comes back. (laughs) I don't know why he would at this point, but it would be funny. Um, And hopefully he'd be wearing a scarf and some um, crazy earrings or something. I don't think that's what it'll be. I think it's probably actually nothing and it's just like a family member, but we will see what happens. 
Um, overall, I think this has been a pretty boring season. Uh, I'll be looking forward to Bachelor in Paradise. And they have the Golden Bachelor. So this is like an older man. Um, and it's not going to be on ABC. You're only going to be able to watch it on Hulu streaming. So I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it yet or not. It's just really funny because they have been like trying to cast for the show for a long time. Like we have been seeing like um, the interstitials where it's like, you know, if you or someone you know, like wants to be on like the senior version, they always call it the senior version <laughs> of The Bachelor, you know, ride in or whatever. And it's like they were doing that for so long. I'm like, why do they keep casting for this? Because like it never happens. And now it's finally here. So I feel like I kind of have to watch it, but we'll see. Um, and then, okay, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, this was a pretty boring episode. Um, it's been a fairly boring season, which is disappointing because I enjoy a lot of the ladies on the show. I just think that, like, there's something, like, not right with the dynamic or I don't I don't know what it is but this season has just kind of been a flop and I would like them to fast forward to the Ralph and Drew drama like that's where the that's where the real drama is gonna be let's just fast forward to that stuff like I, I don't know all this all this other drama about like uh, did Drew kiss LaToya I no one cares like whatever move along you know Candy's never there. Kenya's just been in the hospital the whole time. It's like, I really like Sanya, but uh, like, sh it, it, here's the problem is that everyone on the show, except for maybe Marlo, are like supporting characters. You know, previously when you had Nini on the show, which I know Nini did the interview with Carlos King, and I haven't watched it, but I've read a lot of like recaps or like the highlights of it. And I'm not saying that Nini should come back. I feel like she's burned that bridge. Like we've moved on from that at this point. But I feel like they're missing a main star of the show. And I like Marlo would maybe be like the best candidate just because she's so polarizing. But I still think that she works better like as a supporting role. And so I think that that might be the problem is that we don't have like that one like main main cast member that kind of draws us all in and then all the ladies play off of her so I'm hoping it ramps up I hope I'm hoping that like the second half of the season is better than the first half but I is it's not looking great and it's like when things like that happens it it scares you a little bit because it's like well if no one's watching if the ratings are down what's gonna happen are they gonna like clean house like a roni and start over I'm not sure. So we'll just have to see. Um, and then also we got a new Sister Wives promo. So Sister Wives starts back up August 20th. And I cannot wait um, for anyone that's been watching Sister Wives as long as I have. Last season and this new season are what we've been waiting for. We have endured so many hours of boring TV. And now they're finally like mentioning it all. Like... To hear Janelle say to Cody, fuck you, is incredible. I get chills every time. I cannot wait to, like, watch it all play out. Like, yes. Like, read Cody up and down. Like, 
don't hold back. Tell the truth. This is what we've been waiting for. We earn this. Like the viewers of Sister Wives have earned this season. So please give it to us. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Um, and then the only other thing, my husband and I just started watching last night, uh, Quarterbacks on Netflix. So my friend Lauren told me that I would like the show and she was absolutely correct. Um, so Quarterbacks, I think it just, it's, sorry, <laughs> it's a new show in 2023. Um, but basically what it is, is they followed three quarterbacks, um, in the NFL from the last season and we're like I said, only three episodes in. There are eight episodes, but I am really enjoying it. Um, it follows Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings, and oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, Mary Mark is his name Mark Mark Mariota Mariota. He was the one I wasn't like super familiar with. He is the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. So. It's really good. I love um, like docu-series, obviously, because I love reality. Um, but I really do enjoy a docu-series, uh, especially music ones and sports ones. Those two like really get me. Um, so this was definitely right up my alley and I am really enjoying it. I'm excited to watch the rest of the episodes and I'm also really hoping that they are doing a new season for the 2023 season. And I think it would be cool if they featured some different players. Like I don't want to just keep following Patrick Mahomes. Like I probably cannot like sit through that many more episodes of his wife um, and also his voice. I'm sure my voice is super annoying to people, but okay, I can't do anything about that. And I understand Patrick cannot do anything about his voice, but there's something about his voice that I told my husband last night. I was like, um, I don't think that I could live with him because like he would drive me nuts. His, his voice sounds like a cartoon character or something. I don't, I don't understand what's happening there. And his wife is kind of annoying too. But um, I'm really, like, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so of course I don't love the Minnesota Vikings, and funny story is that when I first met my husband, he told me he was a Chicago Bears fan. I'm like, great, perfect. His brother is a Minnesota Vikings fan, question mark. I don't understand that. His mom is a Bears fan. <clears throat> so I thought, okay, he's a Bears fan, great, great, great. So we move in together and I just remember one day I'm like putting clothes away or like going through clothes to try and like get rid of stuff. And I find two Minnesota Vikings t-shirts in his clothes. And I tell you what, it felt like I had been cheated on. I was like, what are these? Where did these come from? Are these yours? Why do you have these? And apparently he used to be a Vikings fan before he was a Bears fan. I mean, honestly, to this day, I'm not sure if, like, he just became a Bears fan because I was a Bears fan or if he really transitioned to that. I, I'm not sure, but he is now a Bears fan, so that's all that matters. But, yeah, um, I'm actually really enjoying Kirk Cousins. Um, he just seems so wholesome, like, total dad vibes. I'm loving it. I love his house. I want his house. I want that big fire pit in the backyard. I don't love his wife. I got to say that like, mm, I, I'm not going to get into it. Why I, I'm not a fan of her, but 
you know, I'm, I just don't love her, but I am loving Kirk on this season. So it's been, it, it's nice to see that side, uh, like get, getting to know them on a different level. Um, so I really love the concept of this show. Um, it's the same with, I'm also obsessed with Full Swing on Netflix, which is about golf. Now, I have told everyone this. I do not think that you need to enjoy golf, like golf, know anything about it to enjoy Full Swing on Netflix. It is so good. I'm not kidding. I have seen it all the way through twice, and I've seen like the first couple episodes three times because every time someone comes over to our house, we're like, sit down, you need to watch this. And then we make them watch like the first couple episodes so that they can go home and then watch it on their own. Um, but I am now a golf girly because of this. Like I have my favorite golfer. I know a lot of them and I was never into, into golf before. Like my dad always golfed growing up and my husband and my brother-in-law and my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, they all golf. Um, and so like, obviously I've watched plenty of it. Um, my, I've ridden along with my husband a lot my toddler comes with us like my husband's going to teach me and my son to golf at the same time so maybe I'll actually learn how to play um I've played two times before in the past before I met him and it just it was not good um so I'm not confident that like he'll be able to actually teach me um I did do top golf recently with with um me and my husband, my mother-in-law, brother-in-law, and my brother-in-law's girlfriend. And that was fun. And I did like, I like, I feel like I got better as like, they helped me, you know, like correct what I was doing and tell me like how I'm supposed to stand. But I'm still not confident that like, I'll ever actually be able to like play without like, you know, 10 strokes per hole. But Anyway, I am really excited for the new season of that, which I don't think we're going to get until 2024, but I know they're filming. So if you don't know anything about golf, kind of like the long story short is that the PGA is like the main golf um, association where all of the golfers play. And then recently, the LIV, the LIV, like tour or association, whatever you want to call it. Like I'm still learning. So forgive me, I'm not saying things correctly, but that is a new one that you can play in, but it's like backed by Saudi money. And it's like money that's built off of like slave labor type of situation. Um, So it's really not great. So there's this divide where some players have gone to live and then the PGA is like, well, if you play for them, like you can't play for us. And there's been all this drama and like the golfers have been pretty vocal about it. Like Rory, he's like very anti-live. Um, and like a lot of the golfers going to live were definitely like not as big of names. Like, like there are ones that make sense, like golfers who are towards the end of their career and they're just trying to make money because you can make a lot of money through live because they have like all the Saudi money. Um, so to me, like that kind of makes sense. It's like, uh, well, if you're like at the end, if you don't care about like your reputation, you're just trying to make a lot of money, then sure go like Phil Mickelson. Um, shoot, there's that one guy I can't remember. He was featured on full swing. I, I can't remember his name, but like, he's like towards the end of his career. But like, then there are some like bigger names like Brooks Kepka. He's younger 
and is like in his prime and he's winning tournaments and he went to live but he like if you watch full swing you'll you'll get the vibe right on him that it's like okay it makes sense why he went to live um but it was like recently announced that pg the pga tour association whatever terms i'm not using correctly and live we're gonna partner together so they're like gonna be one big one and when that news broke it was like oh my gosh I hope they are filming full swing two right now and capturing this and then Rory came out and tweeted and was like oh yeah we were filming so like I'm so excited I cannot wait for that season it's gonna be so good so yeah anyway that is it for this week that was a lot of talking Laura talks more and more and more and more. So if you made it all the way to the end of this episode, thank you so much for listening. I truly don't remember anything I just said. So if I messed up anything, if you agree with me, if you disagree with me, let me know because I love talking about this stuff. So I would love to talk to you about it and let me know if I missed anything um, important that happened or if there's a show that I need to add to my watch list. Um, cause I do have like a notes, um, up, uh, like the notes app. I have a note just for like things to watch. Um, cause I consume so much. So like I can only add on so much, you know, each time it's like, I have to slowly introduce new shows when I've kind of caught up on everything, but <clears throat> yes. Anyway, Thank you for listening and I hope that you have a great week and I hope that you come back next week to hear what else has happened and what I've watched. So bye.